and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. And I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast, so whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season 5, Episode 11, Triangle. Yes. <laughs> Good episode, Steph. Good discussion. That, Great. that worked really well. Yep. Let's, uh, let's end it here. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I think often on this podcast, it sounds like I am a beer bad apologist. And maybe I am. You, you are. <laughs> Perhaps I am because... All I heard for so long was Beer Bad is the worst episode of the series. But I keep stumbling across episodes that are worse than Beer Bad. And this is one of them. I'm sorry. This episode is ridiculous. It's so silly. I agree it's ridiculous. I agree it's silly. I agree it's not a very good episode in season five. Is it worse than Beer Bad? No. (laughs) I disagree, my friend. (laughs) And I'm going to fight you on that because... The the sloppy work going on in this episode. This episode is more fun than Beer Bad, in my opinion. mm, Yes. You know what? I will will concede and say this episode is very funny. It can be funny. But I just, it's just all over the place for me. Buffy's all over the place. There's no Parker. There's no Riley. But there's a lot of Xander and fighting over who likes Xander more. And there's talk of Riley and Buffy being sad about Riley. Is Buffy sad about Riley or does she just miss the haunted dick? She, probably both. (laughs) Um, What I will say too is another thing for Beer Bad. Willow got that awesome scene in Beer Bad where she told Parker off. Like she tricked him into thinking that she was into him and then she told him off. We were like, woohoo. In this episode, Willow is a spoiled, entitled brat and I couldn't stand her. So... Maybe we'll let we'll let our listeners decide overall <laughs> which episode is better, Triangle or Beer Bad. But just this episode, you can do just, a poll on Instagram. I will, I will. <laughs> this this episode just did not hit it for me. I'm sorry. And when Beer Bad loses that poll, Steph, <laughs> what will you do? I will deactivate the Instagram account because that's the petty <laughs> bitch I am. <laughs> You've been warned, everybody. Um, Before we get into the episode, I will say today we are recording on January the 19th. And it was yesterday that um, I realized yesterday, two years ago, we launched our Instagram account, meaning that you and I had already been discussing stuff, you know, two years ago. Like, it's just crazy that it's almost two years since our one year anniversary when we launched the podcast. But you and I were in cahoots around this time in 2021. I do enjoy being in cahoots. A good cahooting is quite <laughs> quite a good thing, and especially with you. Uh, today is also Buffy's birthday. It Shout is. Shout out to Caitlin in the Discord who reminded all of us for the, of that. So happy birthday, Buffy. Happy birthday, Buffy. Sometimes January birthday, sometimes October. Who can say? But um, <laughs> I think officially we're going to say it's today. So 
Uh, what a way to celebrate with this episode. Let's get into it because that's the only way we're going to get through it. Xander and Anya just had coitus. Another reason this episode sucks is we're starting off with a naked Xander in bed. And I'm not over what happened last week. I'm, I mean, I'm a little bit all over the place right now, but Kara, I very much enjoyed our, our Xander slander last week. I went to bed very rested, you know, like I felt, I felt done. You felt like Xander feels in bed at the moment. <laughs> There's no other way that I could compare it than to say what Xander's experiencing here is what I experienced last week after making fun of him for Did an hour. You, so what you're telling me is you lost your soul. Yeah. You, you had a moment of pure happiness <laughs> and you lost your soul. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know why everyone thinks that's such a bad thing. It feels great. So they're at Xander's apartment. Onion and Xander just had sex and are lying in bed naked together. And they're discussing Riley's departure. I, I, I mean, they're lying in bed naked. We don't know that they just had sex. They might have just stripped down and laid down. We That's right? true. That's true. Knowing Anya, though, very unlikely. They definitely probably did it. So... Yeah, they're talking about Riley and Buffy's breakup and how Riley left town. You know, typical pillow talk. You, well, I mean, after you have sex with your partner, you start gossiping about other couples immediately. That's for sure. Oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> uh, Xander says he forgets. He sometimes forgets that Riley's gone. And I was like, yeah, Xander, because from what we learned from the last episode, you only care about Riley. Like, Riley is the person that you care about most. <laughs> also, it's been what, like two days, three days, like unconfirmed. It, it quite fresh, Xander. It's unconfirmed how long it's been. I think, yeah, I think a couple days makes sense, like what you said. But yeah, like this, uh, Xander. He's like, I forget that he's gone. Well, yeah, you, you, no one's really let it sink in. Uh, Anya says, Xander, if you ever decide to go, I want a warning. A big flashing red lights and one of those clocks and countdowns like a bomb in a movie. And she goes on with this uh, for a bit. And then they cuddle. And Anya says, maybe it's Buffy. It's all about her messing it up. She couldn't make it work with Angel. And then she let Riley get away. And Xander says, relationship debris is piling up on the Buffy highway. And okay. Is it? <laughs> is it, you guys? Such a toxic take. Oh, I know. And like, so there's two angles here. There's two. And one that we can get into later, too. The first one is, all right, Buffy's had, what, two boyfriends in five years? Uh, um, I'm sorry. Don't forget Scott Hope. I like it's it's almost uh, ironic that you say don't forget Scott Hope. <laughs> it's like the because irony so, in that. <laughs> I, I, I forget about Scott Hope the way that Xander forgets Riley is gone. It's true. It's true. I mean, why don't we just like throw Owen in there or that like jock she went to lunch with and go fish. <laughs> so Buffy's hot. Buffy's a hot 19 year old. And I honestly don't think two boyfriends is weird or a bad thing I mean, or not normal. She's now had... She's now had sex out of wedlock with two people, Steph. She is a slut. Like mm, that's true. She is. It is on her. Goods. Well, that's so. That's my first point. And then the second point, which we can get into later again, is the blaming of Buffy. Right? Like, say, like saying that it's Buffy. Like this is probably a Buffy thing since two of her boyfriends have left town. How is it a Buffy thing? Is it not the two boyfriends thing? You know what I'm saying? So this is something that's going to come up again. 
Anya says humans make the same mistakes over and over. She saw it when she was a vengeance demon. A guy dumps a girl. She calls me. I exact vengeance, blah, blah, blah. Next year, same girl, different guy. After you smite a few of them, you start going, my goodness, young lady, maybe you're doing something wrong here too. Anya, that's called internalized misogyny. <laughs> Anya, check yourself. In fact, most of the women in this episode need to check themselves. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like she's putting the blame on Buffy and then saying this is such a woman thing, right? This is a woman's issue. Um, and Xander's saying he doesn't think it's a pattern with her. Now that it's happened again, man number two, I wonder how she's dealing with it. And I just think they're treating getting dumped, like getting broken up with. They're treating it like it's such a shameful thing. And the series does that, really. Because remember, Buffy going to prom solo was like the worst thing in the world. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's pretty normal to go through a breakup when you're young, right? Especially when you have boyfriends and you, you date and you serial date. Like it's a normal thing to get broken up with. It shouldn't be as humiliating as the show makes it seem. So... In the spirit of that, let's cut to the nunnery because we see a nun and her back is to us and we might think it's Buffy because there's a blonde lock sticking out of the, the hood. But nope, it's just it's just a nun and she's getting attacked by a vampire and Buffy comes out of nowhere to fight her. But did you see this, Kara? Buffy's wearing like something very similar to what she wore to the bronze in the pilot, like her, her best interview outfit <laughs> uh, with her fuchsia like dress shirt and her black pants <laughs> and her yeah. tied back hair yeah she does seem to be a little bit more dolled up in this episode i don't know if she's just kind of like is that a thing after you break up you kind of put more into yourself to make yourself feel good oh yeah no the, the like your post breakup glow up is definitely a thing mm -hmm. but it's not even a glow up here she looks business casual like i mean the, the fuchsia color is quite loud <laughs> for how we would wear what we would wear to work today but it's still appropriate and i just thought it was really funny because you and i had a meltdown over the outfit she chose to go to the bronze in when we first <laughs> met her <laughs> That was so long ago. It was so long ago, but it that was, was the two same years idea. Ago. <laughs> so, so she dusts the vamp, right? And then she helps. She's helping the nun, and then she's asking about nun life, right? Is it about uh, the whole abjuring the company of men? And how's that working for you? And you know, do you have to be super religious? How's the food? Cut to credits. Uh, Buffy and Giles are in the magic shop gym boxing. I said boxing. I don't know what you would call that. Uh, Giles critiques her about dropping her shoulder repeatedly. And then he says that he's going to see the Watchers Council in England uh, because they have resources that could help them with their research on glory, which is coming up empty on their end. Kara, something I wanted to ask in the last episode, but I forgot because you and I got so distracted with our man shaming in that episode, as we should. They never found out Glory's name. Like, when did they find out? glory's name was glory she announced it to drag in a previous episode but they haven't found out her name is glory didn't we find out when buffy fought glory at the the zoo oh is that when she said her name was glory i feel like i don't remember maybe somebody can write in no i think you're right when shadow that's the yeah, last yeah. time she and buffy squared off right Okay, okay. I'm going to just take your word for it because I was really confused. I was like, when did they find out that information? Now I, well, now I'm doubting myself. You've planted the seed of doubt. <laughs> Be more confident in your, in your Buffy knowledge. Um, I just got really distracted by the Cobra Demon. That's why I obviously forgot. I mean, he was very hot. <laughs> Let us confirm 
that that is how they found out. Giles scolds Buffy for dropping her shoulder. Buffy gets annoyed and like punches him. <laughs> and then she says, sorry. And Giles says um, he will not mention Don's name to the council, but uh, he will tell Glory about the key because obviously knowing he, he's her gonna goal. He's going to tell the council that Glory's looking for the key. Yes. He's not going to tell Glory about Don. <laughs> that was his next stop. Um, he's going to, because it, it's crucial. It's crucial to know what she's looking for to help figure out what she what she is and buffy says that she trusts the watchers as far as she can as giles can throw them and um she's just really freaked out about giving them information that could lead them to dawn so they're sitting together drinking water together it's nice and giles um wishes there was an alternative and he says look like the initiative would have been great, but they're gone. Riley was the last link we had to the government. <laughs> and uh, Buffy, Buffy's, fa Buffy's face falls because he said the magic word. And Giles apologizes. And she's like, no, no, it's okay. You can say his name. I'm doing all right. These things happen. People break up. You move on. For a while, it feels like the end of the world. But big picture, not so huge. Um, it says Giles. And Buffy says, not so huge. I just said it feels like the end of the world don't you listen and then she's just teasing him she says she's okay giles offers to stay and buffy says if going is going to help you find out about glory i'm thrilled to have you gone so that was a cute little scene i just i just want to point out right like things are definitely improving for buffy because it's not like she killed this boyfriend and sent him to hell and then he came back all like animalistic right so mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you well, know I, he hasn't I mean, come back yet we don't know <laughs> oh that's a good point don't count your scoobies before they come back i don't know oh, no. what's gonna riley's gonna come back and be working for glory <laughs> shirtless and in the forest <laughs> um this is my thing about this episode with buffy uh it's starting here right we get the scene with giles and later we're gonna get one with dawn She's very calm and introspective, and she's taking on her breakup as maturely as she can. And then later, it kind of all falls apart as a joke. And I, I think that kind of threw me. So we can talk about that as we get there. But like, this is the first time I've noticed it. I was like, oh, okay. So she's handling it pretty well. She's obviously down. But like, this is not her first rodeo. She's been through a breakup before. The Scoobies are gathered around the table in the shop and Anya is so happy to be left alone in the shop for a week so she can run the store. And Giles is very hesitant. Buffy says that, you know, don't worry about the shop. We'll take care of it. We can open and close and deal with everything. Willow says she'll come between classes. And Anya says, hey, I work here. I can take care of everything. And Xander supports her. He's like, yeah, she can. And she like pats him. And Giles says, Anya, while I completely trust you to take care of the inventory and money, dealing with people requires a sort of finesse. And Anya says, I have finesse. I have finesse coming out of my bottom. <laughs> and Willow tells Giles not to worry. I'll, I'll help her take care of everything. And Anya says, Xander, she's talking to Giles like I'm not here. Make her stop. Giles is like really worried about this. He's like, okay, I'd better call the airline, schedule an earlier flight back. Excuse me. And Willow says she's trying to help out. Xander, tell her. And Anya's like, tell her I don't need her help. And Xander tries to distract them both by saying, so how goes the slaying, Buffy? And <laughs> Buffy says, I killed something in a convent last night. <laughs> and Xander says, in any other room, a frightening declaration. Here, a welcome distraction. Tell us more about the killing, Buffy. And Buffy says, vampire staking. But I met a nun and she's let me try on her wimple. And Xander says, okay, now we're back to frightening. So... 
I ha- I have several comments. Okay. First, everybody's hair is amazing in this episode. All season, all season, the hair has been all on se- point. Like, Anya's hair in this episode looks really good on her. Like they finally found a hairstyle that like it's been looking a little limp in some episodes in this season. Mm-hmm. Except I have to say, now I can't tell Anya and Willow apart because they have the same hair. And they're pasty white girls, so... But one has red hair. <laughs> Bright red hair. It's it's close enough. <laughs> I don't have a great TV staff, so... I'm just saying. Xander and Angel look the same to me. Anya and Willow look the same to me. I have no beef with that. I think that's fine. <laughs> uh, second comment. Uh, Xander has matured here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm saying this because I think in a, a previous season... When Buffy said the nun let her try on the nun's wimple, I feel like Xander would have made some kind of lesbian joke about that. He just let it pass by. Yep. I'm with you for this scene. For this scene, I will (laughs) say Xander's expressing some maturity for sure. What do we think of Willow and Anya being so immature in this scene? I think that their animosity in this episode comes out of nowhere. Interesting. I get that they've had animosity before, especially in season four when she was getting acclimatized to the to the Scooby gang. And we've already talked about how Willow has a weird thing about Xander and she's weirdly protective of him and she doesn't like sharing him. But I, we haven't seen that in so long. We haven't seen Willow all season. So I think for this to come up now, and I've complained before, where's Willow's storyline this season? So if they're going to give her an episode like this one, it comes out of nowhere and it's like, really? This is the storyline you're going to give her? Okay. What do you think? I see what you're saying. I think the writers think they've laid enough groundwork for the animosity. I, I think we definitely have seen it in the episodes leading up to this. And I agree with you that fighting over Xander... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get it together. Maybe we're just, maybe we're just not that invested in, in it. <laughs> I I am frustrated because... You and I have been discussing for a little bit now how so far this season Willow has no arc. And it's really nice that she's been spending more time with Tara and we get to see a little bit more. But we haven't even really seen her and Tara except for family. So it it is disappointing that we're getting kind of our first Willow-centric episode and it's a Willow bashing Anya episode. That's what I'm saying. And Willow does not come across well. Like, Oh, no, 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 no. This scene was pretty tame. But in the scenes to come... I'm sorry. I guess, I guess my my Willow slander will come back in full force a little bit because the animosity is like almost too much on her end, in my opinion. Cut to the summer's home. Uh, Buffy is wandering the hallways as she's wont to do. <laughs> and she sees Joyce out of bed wearing actual clothing. Um, instead of a wig, she has an artful bandana on her head. Again, everybody's hair looks amazing in this episode. Joyce had brain surgery and her hair looks amazing. Yeah. Buffy's like, hey, check you out, right? Because she's like, oh, you're all dressed in clothes, which I think, you know, anybody who's had surgery or been in bed, like with an illness or anything, that's the whole thing, right? Is <laughs> It's like you're in your bathrobe for several days, at least. And then finally you put on people clothes and you feel like a human again. <laughs> Buffy actually calls Don over. So Don comes out of her room and they're kind of like doing a little bit of commentary on the lack of the bathrobe, making jokes about making jokes, 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 <laughs> jokes for Joyce. That's a hilarious joke you just made. <laughs> uh, they make some jokes about the robe. 
Sorry, that was really cute and funny. Are we already in where the wild things are territory here? Yes! That's because it's just as bad as that episode, which is also worse than beer bad. This is not as bad as where the wild things are. All right. Um, so, yeah, they make the joke about, like, the, the bathrobe has served its time, right? Um, and then, so... Joyce is like, you know, keep making funny jokes at the expense of the woman with the hole in her skull. Fair. <laughs> and Buffy says, oh, let's go, Don. We've tired her out. Joyce goes back to rest- resting. So Buffy goes into her room. And you notice, Kara, you notice what she doesn't take off when she goes onto her bed to read her magazine. Her fucking boots. Her big... Is this faith in Buffy's body again? Because I mean, what is going on? But we're used to this with Americans, right? Like they wear, they just, they put on their shoes at the beginning of the day and they just trap their feet in their <laughs> shoe prisons for like 18 hours. And then they come home and they don't take the shoes off until they go into the shower. And they just drag their dirt into their bed. She probably trampled through the sand from that mystical circle she made a couple episodes ago and never cleaned up this girl's a menace it's okay awful uh what america what are you doing is this some sort of sick tasteless joke <laughs> so so don shows up in the doorway and is like can i hang out in here and buffy's like fine but don't touch anything uh, and, and then Don's like, oh, you know, you took away all, all the pictures of Riley. <laughs> Wouldn't you? And it's like, oh, I don't, you know, we don't want to see his face again. And Buffy's like, oh, no, I, I wasn't angry with him. Lies. <laughs> He's like, well, that's a lie. But it's not like I didn't want to see his face. And Don says, oh, I was just starting to like the guy. And then he was gone so fast. And Buffy says, it, was, it wasn't fast, his leaving. According to everyone who isn't me, it was kind of gradual. <laughs> According to who? Xander and Riley. <laughs> the only ones that noticed that anything was wrong because Riley specifically told Xander something was wrong and then kept everything else to himself. Uh, so Don asks, well, does that make it any better? Like you should have noticed earlier. And Buffy says, hey, stop being so insightful. It's creepy. It hurts <laughs> in all kinds of horrible ways. In the kind of way where I'm furious at him, in the way where I blame myself and all the little ways I imagine I could have fixed things. My Buffy, Buffy, Buffy. Your mom was dying. <laughs> I don't like the way the show is saying that it kind of is on Buffy to have realized that Riley was hurting. Yes, on one hand, he was her boyfriend. We know she didn't make him a priority. But on the other hand, we've seen what she's gone through this season. I'm sorry. Like, I just, I just don't like that. She's like, how, what, like, I'm blaming myself. I'm blaming myself. Buffy, your mom, who you just talked to, who said she has a hole in her head, needed your attention. It just, it kind of bugs me. (laughs) No, I agree. Like, we've talked about this for several episodes now is Riley did not communicate very well. Buffy also didn't communicate very well, but I'm going to blame Riley more than Buffy. As am I. (laughs) Uh, so Don says, well, you know, it'll still get better, won't it? And Buffy says, yes, it has to. No, Buffy, you're going to be sad for the rest of your life. You're done. I'm sorry, you screwed it up. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Buffy's like, well, I just keep going like I have been. And every day it's going to get a little better. No, Buffy. What <laughs> Buffy, you need is therapy. Therapy. Go to therapy. But the only therapist in Sunnydale was killed in season <laughs> three. So She's like, yeah, I tried that, Prophecy Girls. 
Thanks. <laughs> Bringing that up. So she starts playing with Don's hair. And Buffy says, you know, I'll be better soon. And Don says, it still feels sudden to me with him gone. Nobody can talk to him. And Buffy says, you never know. Maybe he'll come back. Don't, don't, don't. Buffy, don't even suggest mm-mm, it. Mm-mm. We got rid of Riley. Knock on wood. Do you know how hard it is? Like, you got to spray. You got to spray everywhere <laughs> he's been. Or else he just comes back. He's like he's like bed bugs. Uh, so Buffy says, maybe he'll hate the jungle. <laughs> um, or maybe he'll want to give it another try. No. <laughs> uh, I could say all the things I didn't get to say. So Buffy's in hardcore denial mode now. What were you going to say, Buffy? What were you going to say? That that she's going to change. You know? She can give up slaying for him. Uh, um, she can have more boring missionary sex with him. Yeah. And- Make really uncomfortable sounding noises while he thrusts. She's like, if I don't get more of your fish face sex, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. What I will say about this scene in general is that I really, I'm really loving the Summers girls all together, right? The three of them and then the Buffy and Dawn time. I think it's really lovely to watch. Um, Buffy affectionately plays with Dawn's hair often. And it makes me think that Buffy's love language, you and I were just talking about love languages, weren't we? Buffy's love language is physical touch. Like she just, that's how she expresses herself to Don. And that's how she expresses herself to Riley. But he didn't want that. He didn't want the missionary expressions of love. He wanted her to cry in front of him. (laughs) So I don't know. I just, I get it. Buffy has to go through this breakup right now. She's got to process everything. This is a very mature conversation for her to have with her sister, I think. You agree? (laughs) Do you concur? (laughs) Let's cut to Spike, because why not? Oh, great. Why not? Um, He's got a box of chocolates. He's standing in front of the mannequin, right, that he built to look like Buffy. And he's practicing an apology to her. He's saying, Buffy, there's something I want to tell you. He says, I know you're feeling all betrayed by him, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Not like I made him be there after all. I was trying to help you. Best intentions. And as he's going through the speech that he's practicing with the box of chocolates, he he gets more and more agitated, as Spike does. And he says, you know, pre-state you'd be in thinking things are all right while he's toddling halfway around the bend. Oh, I'll insult him if I want to. So he's now kind of like fallen into like an argument <laughs> with her. Um, he says, I'm the one who's on your side. Me doing you a favor and you being dead petty about it. Me getting nothing but your venom and your hatred and you ungrateful bitch. And then he smashes the chocolate box on top of the mannequin. It falls over. Once he calms down, he stands the mannequin back up. He picks up the box of chocolates and he like puts the ones that fell out back in. So so delicate. (laughs) And then he says, he starts over. He says, Buffy, there's something I want to tell you. So... Let's start with the positives here. I think that this is so funny. Spike and, well, James Marster's performance, really, like, we've n- done nothing but praise him, right? Because I think that he is really pulling off Spike's confusion over trying to figure out what a conscious feels like, right? Because it, like, it's not in his nature. It's not in a, a demon or vampire's nature to apologize for something. But he's trying to figure out how to do it. <laughs> and I find the struggle within... The fact that he cannot hold back his anger. We've seen this since season two. But remember a Lover's Walk where he was all over the place with Drew, right? Like sometimes crying, sometimes mad calling her a bitch as well. So I think that this is played off really well. And it's it's an interesting scene. 
even though there's still a lot of problematic aspects to it. Yeah, I agree. It's super funny. For me, I think what's so disturbing about it is like you pointed out, he's trying to figure out how he should sound if he did actually feel sorry, but he doesn't, right? Like this mm-hmm. this is not Spike developing a conscience here. No. I think we need to be clear on that. This is Spike isn't feeling bad about what he did. But he understands humanity enough that he knows he has to pretend to feel bad like yes. a psychopath yeah he's trying to figure <laughs> out like how, if i were to have a conscience, this is how i would go about it right here's my question for you steph why doesn't spike just hire a coach Ooh, like a like a life coach or somebody to like, like help him? a human <laughs> who can tell him how he's supposed to feel God, that'd be such a funny storyline <laughs> to like hire a human to like follow him around and explain to him how he actually should be feeling. And then Buffy falls in love with the human instead. Well, I, like, have Brilliant. you ever watched Killing Eve? No, I want to. Okay, you should. Yeah. So there's this little mini story arc in Killing Eve where one of the main characters, who is a psychopathic assassin, the, the other main character actually like tries to coach her through like, this is how you should react in this situation. This is how you be human. Um, and, and Villanelle struggles a little <laughs> bit with these concepts. Um, but that's that's what this reminds me of, is it's like, I feel like Spike needs to hire, like, I don't know, Xander probably needs another job at this point. Right? It can just yeah. be like, Spike, he can pay Xander and be like, okay, Xander, tell me, how do I how do I react here? How do I apologize <laughs> to Buffy? Xander has lots of practice apologizing to women, yeah. so... Yeah, and well, he needs somebody to be like, you know, well, you definitely can't act like a petulant child. Like, he had a tantrum here. But that's that's Spike, right? Yes. In a nutshell, is he's, he's always angry... And then he vents that anger at women. Yes. So in this scene, it is an extremely funny scene. I laughed while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is belying this idea that he cares for Buffy. The only thing stopping him from hurting Buffy at this point is the chip. Because otherwise, you know, he would unload on Buffy the way he's unloading on the mannequin. If Harmony were there, she would be his punching bag in this case. Like, uh, he's always just one flip away of his switch from going from charming because everything's going his way to I'm going to act out violently. And that is textbook abuser behavior. Yeah, and because we're so caught up in the humor, I think some people might overlook the danger for what it is. Uh, He also wasted a really good box of chocolates on this. (laughs) So, um, all right, let's go to the magic shop. Anya is at the counter. Tara and Willow are collecting ingredients from behind the counter and bringing them to the table where they are have a witchcraft setup going on. And Willow briefly mentions Amy the Rat. Okay, and we, we can't forget Amy the Rat because Amy the Rat has been a rat for three, almost, like, I guess two seasons now. And that's kind of tragic, don't you think? <laughs> like, it's actually kind of sad. So Anya finally asks them what they're doing. And Willow says they're going to try a few spells. And Tara and Willow explain that what they're trying to create is some sort of simulated sunlight. So when Buffy finds a nest of vamps, she can just presto, voomph. There's a floating ball of light and the vamps get dusted. So this is the spell that I have access to when I'm playing as Willow in Buffy the Vampire Slayer Chaos Bleeds, which is the video game set in season five of the series. So at some point in season five, according to the video game canon, Willow perfects the spell and I, I, Buffy can't use it, but Willow can use it to dust vamps. 
anybody who watched me stream over the holidays, you saw me do it. It was pretty awesome. Okay, good, good. Um, Anya says that they can't use the stuff. Giles has only gone two days and you're already causing trouble. You shouldn't do things while he's gone. And Willow says, you're the fish in the bowl and the, from the cat in the hat. He was always... Um, saying the cat shouldn't be there while the mother was out. And Tara explains the book to Anya. And Anya says, you're referencing literature I have no way to be familiar with. You're trying to make me feel left out and you're stealing. And Willow says, I'm not stealing. I'm just taking things without paying for them. In what twisted dictionary is that stealing? Okay. So at this (laughs) point, my... Hackles started going up, <laughs> Kara. <laughs> so, 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 what side are you on here? Anya's, Anya's Hondo P. Uh, <laughs> that's Tara says. Maybe we should pay. Now I'm on Tara's side too. Uh, and Willow says, Anya, Giles would be totally fine with this. Come on, it would be fun. We can show you how to do some stuff. You could be floating pencils by the end of the day. And Anya says, she does miss her powers. But then she realizes that Willow is peer pressuring her. And she says, any second now, you're going to make me smoke tobacco and have drugs. <laughs> that's that's how it works. Magic is just the gateway drug to tobacco. Yes, that's what it's just smoking. <laughs> well, you know only villains smoke. Um, Willow says, how... Uh, look how easy and starts floating things around the store and Anya says don't float the merchandise and Xander comes in and he says look at this my two favorite girls or three favorite because he says it to Tara (laughs) and Anya says Xander Willow's stealing she's a burglar so I just want to I just want to weigh in here um I agree with you I am on Anya's side for most of this I don't think Willow's intentionally like making a reference that Anya doesn't get uh willow's just ahead of her time i mean most of us millennials understand that going on the internet these days is constantly being surrounded by references you don't get so Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. i don't i don't think willow is trying to be mean to anya here but i agree with anya that willow should either pay for these materials or she should have asked giles for permission beforehand and it's a little bit shifty to be going behind his back um and you and i have talked about how we want to kind of keep an eye on willow's use of magic and this idea that Willow's constantly always looking for more excuses to use magic. Clearly she stated her reasoning here is to help Buffy, but it's like, it's interesting to me that she chose now, right? When Giles left for the week, why didn't she do this when he was here? It's not for Buffy. It's it's like you said, when you were playing the game, it's Willow's spell. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, a clear indication right there that this is totally on Willow, Willow being selfish. I just want to get through a little bit more of this conversation. And then I want to talk about why I'm on Anya's side. So Willow says she's not a burglar, right? Xander, she's like, Xander, I'm just doing a spell to help Buffy. And Anya says, Giles left me in charge. Tell her. So Xander doesn't want to get in the middle of this, right? And Tara agrees with him. And Willow says very smugly as she walks behind the counter, Xander, what I'm doing is a good thing. And if it doesn't work, Giles doesn't need to know. And Willow sprinkles something on the cash register. For what reason? I don't know. And it disappears. And Anya starts freaking out, obviously. Willow brings it back, but it's steaming. It looks broken and the paper is everywhere. And Anya's like, the money, did you hurt the money? And she opens it up and she coughs smoke, but there, there, you know, the money is there. So she's like, Xander, she endangered the money. And Willow says, of course, that's what you care about. And then she mocks Anya and is like, saying I like money more than people. People can so rarely be exchanged for goods and or, and or services. And Anya's mm-hmm. like, Xander, she's pretending to be me. And Willow says, can you believe how she's acting? And here's where 
I was like, no, like Willow is so in the wrong here. So what you said earlier, Kara, is so true. Like, I don't think Willow is going out of her way to make Anya feel left out. I don't think that's true. But Willow is being such an entitled person right now because I do think, I agree, she should have talked to Giles beforehand. I don't think we've ever seen her using Giles's merchandise before. So she clearly waited for him to leave town so that she can do mischief with her magic. But more importantly, like, this is Giles and Anya's livelihood. And the fact that Willow's not taking it seriously annoys me. And we know she doesn't really respect Anya, but she certainly should respect Giles, especially when at the beginning of the season, Giles is the one that told her and only her that he didn't have purpose in Sunnydale anymore and he was going to leave. So he found the store. This is how he makes his money. This is his living. It's like 50% of what he does. The other 50% is helping Buffy. So she's not taking that seriously by like disappearing his cash register and then bringing it back and then saying that Anya is taking this too seriously. And then Anya, she's now found purpose in the store too. Like this, she actually found happiness in working retail and handling the money and doing the inventory. And Willow mocks that. And in the last episode in uh, Into the Woods, Anya already expressed how upset she was when Willow and Giles mocked her and her seriousness and how well, how actually good she is for the store. So I think Willow is going out of her way to undermine Anya here. And it's because Anya's right. Willow should not be taking ingredients without Giles' permission. That's a really good point. Um, I don't know if I completely thought of it along the same lines as you did. But now that you've explained all that, I completely agree. Yeah, it's about respect for Giles and about recognizing, like you said, that this is Giles' job. This is gainful employment. And Anya's. Yes. So yeah. she disrespects that too, and I don't know why. And that's why I say entitled. Like it sounds like she's just like a rich girl who. No, came you're in right. Here. It is entitlement. Yes. Yeah, because because Anya isn't in university like Willow, right? So Willow's kind of representing the entitled, the privileged kind of upper middle class uh, white girl. Her parents are paying for university. She doesn't have to worry about working through university, right? Anya, on the other hand, like Willow's mocking Anya for like, all I care about is money. But it's like, yeah, because <laughs> Anya's not in university. She doesn't have a degree. She she only has so much upward mobility in her life. She needs money to pay rent for this other place she's still apparently renting, even though she's also living with Xander. <laughs> um, and, and for all her other expenses, right? So, so you're right. This is kind of the class, the embodiment of this classic scenario of like looking down on the working class. And I can't believe I'm defending Anya like this. But, <laughs> but yeah, you, no, I completely agree. With yeah. You. So I, it started off like with them talking. I was like, all right, Willow, you're out of line. But then when it came to the cash register and how Anya got upset about that, because of course she did. She could lose her job. And Willow mocks it. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. You're being a Karen. You are. Um, Xander says, I'm tired of the, being in the one in the middle. Whatever the issue is between the two of you, figure it out without me. And he leaves angrily. And I know earlier we were saying, like, Xander's pretty mature. And at first I was thinking about the scene and I was like, I'm glad that Xander is not taking sides. But then the more I watched Willow and I got more angry at her, the more I realized that, you know what, though? Xander should defend Anya in this situation <laughs> because <laughs> Willow is stealing. She is. She's stealing from the magic box. 
She admits that she doesn't plan to, you know, tell Giles or pay him back, I'm sure. Again, she's mocking Anya, even though Anya's already expressed she doesn't like it. And it's like, that's got like middle school bullying vibes to me. And then she is like acting like sticking up for Anya is ridiculous on Xander's part. So I do think Xander should have stepped in on Anya's behalf here. And um, Tara should too, to be honest. And Willow says, Tara, who do you think he's more mad at? And Tara's like, you guys need to figure this stuff out. Just you need to talk. And she leaves. I wish we could have had a scene with Tara and Xander where they leave, right? They go like... I don't know, get slushies together and slushies. just kind of hang out. <laughs> like, that's what I wanted. They're like, wow, those two. You, am I right? It's like, like, it's like the scene in the Yoko Factor where Tara and Anya end up in the bathroom together while everybody else is fighting. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. That's what I wanted with Tara and Xander. I see what you're saying about Xander should be siding with Anya here. Kind of agree, kind of just like, I, I, I understand what he's doing here. He's trying to diffuse the situation. Um, maybe this isn't the best venue to stand up to Willow. Maybe this is more of a, I'm going to pull Willow aside later and be like, Hey, Will, you were out of line. Stop stealing. Um, he, he, he doesn't want to do it in front of everybody because maybe he recognizes that if he does that, Anya is going to be emboldened and kind of blow up more and turn this into more of a thing. Mm -hmm. And Willow might double down, right? Like I think he, cooler heads must prevail, right? He, they both need time to cool off. And then maybe he. Why am I giving Xander so say, much credit? I was like, oh, okay, all right. Like, I guess, I guess, go off on Xander's behalf. <laughs> no, it's no. What's I hear what you're on? saying. Hey, maybe he did take that mature step and was like that, or he's just overwhelmed with two women uh, fighting, and he's like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I, I need a cold shit. Please, like, throw a cold glass of water on me. Stop. Wow. So you're really confused, and you're you've been defending Xander. So like, could this be a terrible episode? Maybe. <laughs> Could that be a, a little tick on my side of the spectrum here? So we cut to later in the magic shop and Willow is putting all the spell ingredients into a bowl and every ingredient she uses, Anya writes down and, and tells her what the price is, as she should. And Willow says, um, stop that. It's very distracting. The spell is very sensitive. And once she begins, like any of the non-ritual words can really disrupt it. So she starts to concentrate and Anya's like, did you start yet? And Willow's like, no, this is it. So she says, spirits of light, I invoke thee. Uh, let the gloom of darkness part before you. Let the moonlight be made pale by your presence. And a light, a circle light of some sort, not the magical white O that we've seen before. It's a different kind of O. I mean, it's a smaller O. It's a smaller this is just O. A little, this is it's a little O. She's just getting a little bit out of this. A little, a little O for Willow. A little afternoon delight. <laughs> um, it's floating above the bowl. And Anya's like, is it done? And Willow shushes her. And she keeps going on with the spell. But then Anya says, sorry, I thought you were done. And Willow says, do you want to screw this up? So Willow confronts Anya just now and says, whatever is really making you mad, why don't you just say it like you do every other thought that stomps through your brain? And neither of them notice that the glowy light circle is getting bigger and more erratic as they fight. And Anya says, I believe I have said it. And I was like, yeah, Willow, she has. You're a manipulative thief. And that's why she's mad. So Willow says, no, you haven't. Come on, let it out. And when she says, let it out, there's a big flash of lightning and a giant troll with a hammer is standing in the shop. He yells at the girls. He starts smashing shelves that Xander built and the magic shop is ruined and he leaves. And Willow says, 
That's not a ball of sunshine. <laughs> so how do we feel that Anya distracted Willow here? I think if Willow can't handle her magic, she shouldn't be doing it in a public space because the storefront is not where you go to do sensitive magic. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I feel like the moment Anya started talking, Willow should have been like, look, clearly this isn't the time or the place for me to be practicing. Maybe she could have like taken all the ingredients and left. <laughs> or to go to the back, right? Like, okay, this I, I'll, this is you got my receipt, right? Like, you, I know what I took and I'm going to take all this backstage. And also because Willow had already seen the light come up, right? She'd already been doing the spell. So she should have known not to get distracted. So that's on Willow. Sorry. Uh, Buffy and Tara are in Maggie Walsh's lecture room because there's only one class at one time in this university. There is Greek, Greek art. They're taking Greek art together. That's cute. I like that. We need more Buffy and Tara scenes. Buffy makes a joke about the professor spitting too much, right? And Tara laughs and they're getting along. And Buffy says um, she needs to keep this course. It's the only class that she could fit into her schedule other than Central American geopolitics. And Buffy says, I, I can't do that class because she hears the word jungle and all she can think about is him. Is that the one Riley's in? And then <laughs> I was like, sure, Buffy. I just think it's funny. Like the reason Buffy doesn't want to take Central American geopolitics is because it reminds her of Riley, <laughs> not because it'd be boring. But also like, how long has it been? Because if Riley just left, like, what's the timeline here? Because she had to register for these choruses. Has it You're been asking longer? me? You're asking me about timelines in this show? <laughs> <laughs> Another plot uh, hole this episode introduces, isn't it? Uh, so <laughs> my evidence is piling up. So Tara asks if, this, if that's bad. And Buffy says she's getting perspective on the whole situation. Maybe Riley, uh, Riley's where he's supposed to be. Maybe he needs to be where he was needed. And Tara says, Willow says things happen for a reason. And Buffy says, people only say that about bad things. It's true. I hate it when people tell me, Everything's going to work out. Things will happen for a reason. The universe always, you know, everything works out. For... No, it's like, stop telling me this stuff, right? It's like, whether or not you believe in some kind of fate or destiny or whatever, I don't. It's like, no, sometimes shitty things happen. There's no reason for it. It just happens. And you got to deal. Yeah, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um, so Buffy says, let's pick up Willow and indulge ourselves in a little after school hamburger. <laughs> Interesting. I wouldn't, I don't know if I ever want a hamburger if I was upset. I'd be like, let's get chocolate. Tara starts explaining about her squabble with Anya at the magic shop and how Willow uh, and how Xander had cleared out. He was upset. And Buffy stops at this news and she's like, Anya and Xander are in trouble. And Tara's like, it's nothing. And she explains again why Xander left. And Buffy's like stuck on the word left, right? It's just a trigger word for her. He left? Xander left Anya? And Tara's like, no, no, like not left her, left her. It was like, it's just a little thing. And Buffy starts having a meltdown. She's like, S little things get bigger. And if you don't catch the little things, then boom, you have this huge whole thing. And not not them with the little things. They can't break up. They have a beautiful love. And she starts sobbing and she cries on Tara's shoulder. And she says they have a miraculous love. So, all right. So that's what I mean. Like Buffy just gets, like she was handling it pretty maturely when she was talking to jo Giles and Dawn earlier in this episode. Uh, maybe that was a front to like, you know, maybe there was a wave of misery, just like this one coming out. But I, I don't think the episode is taking Buffy's sadness seriously. It's playing it off as a joke, 
when the last time she had a big breakup, we were there with her through every heartbreaking moment. So what do you think about that? (laughs) Good, as we should have, because that was Angel versus Riley. Riley was not a serious boyfriend. I don't know what what else you want me to say about that. (laughs) They tried to make it serious last episode with her, Riley, and like running and then sadly walking down the street without him. What can I say, Sam? (laughs) This episode is better than that. This episode admits that Riley is not a big deal. Did you just say this episode is better than that? (laughs) I am going to leave the rest of the episode (laughs) for you to cover. (laughs) And I'm just I'm just gonna interject (laughs) with with snorts and (laughs) and joiks once in a while. Anya and Willow are driving Giles' car around the streets, which, so my question is, did Giles leave the keys with Anya? Like, he, Yeah, I guess for he, inventory reasons. He trusted reason. her with the magic shop and also his car? Well, I, the way Willow's been this episode, she probably just stole it. Uh, also, like, Anya's learned how to drive, clearly, but n- none of them have cars. Okay, so my no. question is kind of like... Later, when Anya says that she doesn't know how to drive, she said very specifically in season three, graduation day, part one, that when she wanted Xander to take off with her, she said her car is ready to go. Oh, well, she doesn't know how to drive here, so... That is shenanigans Um, on the writer's part. So Willow is in the passenger seat with the spell book, and they're driving along with the top down. That's important detail. (laughs) Um, And Anya's like... Uh, he must have been trapped in the crystal. So they're trying to chase down this troll. He was trapped in this crystal, but Willow released him. And Willow says, when I released him, that was definitely a we thing. Or you, it was definitely feels like a you thing. Screw you, Willow. That was so you. This, for the rest of the episode, she tries to put it on Anya. It was you. Anya says, well, we just need to find a reversal spell. Uh, and Willow's having a hard time looking. Um, but Anya doesn't know how to put the top up, and she says, well, I, I, I've only just now figured out what the left pedal does. Lies. Um, uh, so Willow's like, you don't know how to drive? Why didn't you say you didn't know how to drive? And Anya says, I couldn't know if I could until I tried. Could I? Anya confirms it's a troll, because I think Willow calls it an ogre, and yeah. Anya corrects her, of course, because they just can't stop bantering or bickering. And Willow's like, well, now we have a troll loose. We're going to crash Giles' car. Uh, and Anya's like, you should have listened to me and not done the spell. Giles put me in charge. Yes, yes. That's a little bit of a stretch. Giles didn't put her in charge. Giles put her in charge of the magic shop. And I agree with you that Willow didn't, shouldn't have done it on the premises or whatever. But she didn't put, Giles didn't put Anya in charge of Willow. So Willow could have gone and released a troll elsewhere. <laughs> right at the dorms or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Willow's like, Giles could be an idiot, the smart kind, but still. And Anya says, well, Xander agrees. And Willow says, oh, right. Xander doesn't step out of line. Mm. Anya asks, what do you mean by that? Uh, And just as she says that, Anya makes a hard turn. They swerve around a corner. Willow loses a page out of the spell book. It goes, because the top's down. And and I just like, maybe that page was important? Not really. It was just, like, they don't never bring it up again. So... (laughs) (laughs) okay at the bronze spike is drinking beer by himself xander walks into him because he's carrying a bowl of peanuts i don't know um knocks into him xander tells him to go away but spike follows xander and sits at the table with him and spike says like there's chicken wings and there's like a flower shaped thing that they make look like an onion it's brilliant and again we 
have already talked about how Spike eats a lot of human food. He likes to be part of the human world. That's why he eats them. Um, but that also means he likes pooping, just like humans do. <laughs> so Xander says, are you talking to me, hoping that I'll get so so depressed, I'll impale myself on a fork right in front of you? And Spike says, lovely thought. He notices Xander's, you know, in a temper. He asks if the sympathetic misery is borrowed from the Slayer. So Spike is trying to wheedle information about Buffy out of Xander. And Xander says this has nothing to do with Buffy. And Spike says, so she's all right, not holding grudges. And Xander's like, no idea what you're, I have no idea what you're talking about. And Spike says, no need to talk about it. I'm sure she's merrily slaying some pals of mine, having a grand old time. A Spike and Xander scene again, usually more com- comical than the ones that we get in this episode. But um, just just wanted to point out that last episode, we got Riley and Spike, the two toxic men on the show. Riley's gone now, so we get the other two toxic men on the show. <laughs> two toxic pairing. Um, two men just talking over a bowl of nuts. How funny. Buffy and Tara are getting to the joke sh- to The joke shop. <laughs> the joke shop. The joke shop. <laughs> We got there. <laughs> We're there. Uh, Buffy is saying this is very bad because everything's smashed, and Tara's worried about Willow, and they're gonna follow the trail. I, th- I think it's I think it's so cute the way Tara's like Buffy, Willow, Willow's not like just oh oh yeah. my heart melts. She's so pure. We need to we need to protect Tara from everything. Her really terrible girlfriend at the moment. <laughs> In this episode. All right, it's nighttime now, I guess. The troll has wandered across Sunnydale and come back. Um, he's, like, got his, his hammer, and he's just, like, hitting things in the alleyway. And he's, like, puny receptacle. You do well to flee, townspeople. I will pillage your lands and dwellings. I will burn your crops and make merry sport with your more attractive daughters. Mark my words. And then he's like, ooh, ale. I smell delicious ale. And he follows it. So so this episode is referencing beer bad, I guess. Yeah, because it wants to pay homage to a better episode. <laughs> Um, this is so Joss. This writing is so Joss. If you Agreed. watch the Avenger movies, the way Hulk talks, the way uh, Thor sometimes comes across, like it's the same kind of language, the same kind of uh, kind of Be- script. But, but it's it's the whole like oaf thing, right? Yes. Like larger people are funny, and you know, so so it's it's basically he's he's borrowing from the traditions of farce, right? Where you know, this is a, a comical character. He's evil, but he's also comical. And we're supposed to laugh at him and not take him seriously. And part of that has to do with his size. So I just wanted to point out that there's like elements of fat phobia going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, another reason that makes him like funny is because he's so over the top. Like they've really told this actor, like, just go over the top with this. Uh, I will ask you a question, though, Kara. Um, troll rape jokes? Are those funny? supposed to be funny because he says a couple of them in this episode are we talking about raping trolls or trolls raping people (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't need clarification either way rape jokes are not funny troll troll jokes (laughs) troll jokes are funny all right um we're back at the bronze xander and spike have decided to make this a mandate we've got we've got so like yeah they're like so all in it's like we're gonna play pool together and it's like, oh, so just double down on the misogyny. It's fine. Xander, it's fine. if I could grab Xander by his shoulders and scream in his face and say, go to fucking therapy. Don't play pool with so, Spike. So let's get let's get it straight. Xander hates Angel, who has a soul and at least tried to be a good person for Buffy. 
Xander is playing pool with Spike, who has no soul, has tried to kill Buffy on multiple occasions. And also, let's not forget that Xander just went to bat hard for Riley, the insecure cheater, <laughs> in the previous episode. But no, no, no. Mm. Angel is the bane of his existence. So, all right. Classic Xander playing pool, complaining about the women in his life. <laughs> Only this time it's not Faith. He swapped Faith out for uh, another misogynist. Uh, but he mentions that uh, Willow looks at Xander with this, what the hell do you see in her look whenever he's defending Anya, right? And Spike says he knows the look because he used to get it when he was with Drew. And Xander's like, yeah, but she was insane. So he's like, I get torn because Willow's my best friend and I value her opinion, but Anya's my girlfriend. And Spike brings up the Slayer again, because he's, he's not here to hear about Xander's complaints. He's here to talk about Buffy. And he says, what does she think of all this? Uh, can't be good for morale. It's understandable with all the upset, all the blaming innocent bystanders who, who got caught up in the mess. Did she want to be made a fool of? And what does a person have to do to make it right? So he like has a rant. Spike is very extremely okay right now. <laughs> They're both okay. This is all very extremely normal behavior. Everything is fine. Uh, absolutely. Um, the <laughs> troll bumps into Spike, which is so funny. And then when Spike wants to confront him, he just says, he notices how big he is. And he's like, on second set, on second thought, do what you like. <laughs> and the troll says, ale, yes, ale. And he drinks an entire keg of beer and he throws the empty tank down. And he's like, barmaid, bring me stronger ale and some plump succulent babies to eat. And Xander wants to get Buffy unless Spike can fight this guy. And Spike says he's paralyzed by not caring very much. And the troll asks Spike if he knows where there are babies. And Spike looks at, looks at Xander and says, what do you think, the hospital? <laughs> Which is actually a funny joke. And the troll says he's hungry and he's growing short of patience. Xander tries to tell the troll to just like sit here in one of the sturdier chairs and we can have a long talk. We can't eat babies, but maybe some roast pigs and stags and much hearty grog. <laughs> and Spike starts to tell him about the onion that he really likes here. And the troll says, more ale, and he goes to drink more. That's when Anya and Willow arrive and um, Willow says she wishes Buffy were here. And then Buffy arrives with Tara and she's like, I'm here. And Willow says, I wish I had a million dollars, but nothing hums. And she says, just check in. And that's a stolen joke, Kara. That's a joke that Friends did in their pilot episode in 1995 oh. or 1996. One of those or 94. Ooh, when was that? Anyway, that's a stolen <laughs> joke. Uh, Spike goes up to Buffy and says, hello, Buffy. <laughs> And she just stares at him. She's like, the fuck? <laughs> so he backs away because Anya's explaining what's happening with the I, troll. <laughs> I, I do enjoy how Spike's like, yes, this is my moment to apologize to her. He's so self-absorbed. <laughs> yes. There's a troll right now. So I feel like the troll takes precedence. Not in Spike's world. Because he already says he doesn't care. He doesn't care about that. So... um Buffy looks at Willow and says, you did this? And Willow says, me? No, no, we, us, her. It's very complex. So she's still fucking blaming Anya. Oof, that makes me mad. Anya tells Willow to do the spell. So she starts to do the spell. And the, the troll says, stop. You told the witch to do this on Yonka. You seem determined to put an end to all my fun, just like you did when you, we were dating. And everyone is shocked by this. And Buffy's like, you dated a troll? And Willow's like, and what? we're what, surprised by that? And Anya says, he wasn't a troll then. He was just this big dumb guy. And he cheated on me. And then they made him into a troll, which um, is how I became a vengeance demon. 
And the troll smashes the baked goods section at the bronze. Oh no, all those muffins and and <laughs> delicious baked treats. And he says, I didn't cheat. It was only one wench. I had a great deal of mead. Next thing I know, I'm a troll. You did this on Yonka. You will die for this. And Xander says, okay, but you seem to enjoy being a troll. And the troll says, I adjusted. Then what happened? Witches. Filthy, dirty, disgusting witches. They trapped me. I was imprisoned in that crystal for centuries. A curse on all the witches. All must die. And oh, this, this guy this... doesn't seem to have a very complex idea of consequences for people. <laughs> Is he a Republican? Oh, uh, are all Republicans trolls, perhaps? Um, I... <laughs> I just like this is the weirdest scene. This is my this might be the weirdest scene we've ever seen on this show. <laughs> Them conversing with this giant troll. I I mean I do enjoy it. Like for as much as I'm going to criticize we've criticized the the troll and you know choices made here on behalf and by Joss Whedon. I do find this entertaining. No, no, no I'm so. not I am entertained. <laughs> How are you not entertained? I'm entertained. I'm just saying this does not feel like a Buffy episode to me. This feels weird. No, I disagree. This is this, different. This, this feels, is like a charmed episode. This feels peak Buffy to me. This is Buffy. It's the the banter with the bad guys, like with the mayor, right? Don't you remember the mayor walking in and being like, isn't this swell that we're all here <laughs> hanging out together? The mayor wasn't like... a farce. The mayor we applauded for being so threatening, for being a jolly old uncle who actually happens to be a threat and scary. This <gasps> troll is ridiculous. <laughs> but but he's supposed to be ridiculous. That's yeah, the point. I, it, but yeah. If they were trying to make the troll threatening and failing, then this would be bad. I would say like this in is, beer bad. This is one of the first times that we've gotten a villain on Buffy, if not the first time, where we're not supposed to have some sort of threat coming from him, unless you count Sid the puppet who didn't end up being the threat. Like what like what is I he mean, doing that's dangerous? What, He's drinking ale. <laughs> but but what what about the guys from Some Assembly Required? Okay, but they were actually taking body parts. So it was like it was like fucking what about scary ass shit Tucker going on there with his you know, what about the coach from Go Fish? The coach from Go Fish. Oh, yeah, true. But people still died. Those boys lost their lives. I'm just saying. I'm just saying this troll is is just... I can't with this troll. It's hilarious. I'm loving it. <laughs> I don't want to shit on this episode and say that it's not funny. Because it is funny. It's just weird. It's just a weird... Con- it's a weird con- this whole conversation is weird. <laughs> so, so, okay, let's just get past the troll for a second. So, so... Willow starts to do the spell again, but it doesn't work. So Buffy has to start hitting the troll. Spike gets knocked down. Buffy gets knocked down on top of Spike. And as the troll starts kicking beams down um, from like the above catwalk area, Buffy is getting up. But fucking Spike won't let her get up right away because his arms are around her. He's like groping her, right? He's like taking this opportunity to grope her before she gets up. And I'm, I just fucking can't yeah i noticed that too so first i just want to point out like you know he only gets involved now because buffy's there and he wants to look good in front of her right he was willing to bail yes and now he's like well if buffy's fighting the troll i have to help out yes and then yes exactly what you just pointed out i don't have anything else to say i'm just i just wanted to chime in and be like when i saw and i think this might be the first time i've noticed it because this is kind of the first time i'm watching the series really kind of paying more attention to what spike does right Mm -hmm. i don't know if i've ever noticed it in this scene before so thank you for pointing it out because i did notice it but i i didn't want to forget to say anything it's gross and creepy it's assault and and also 
Yeah, but also like <laughs> uh, in in all the chaos, you know, Buffy never addresses it. I don't know if she noticed or whatever, but like it yeah, it's hard to I think she she was like um focused on the troll. So she probably didn't Really? I don't I can't imagine why. <laughs> why would she be focused on this troll? Uh yeah, fucking gross. I've yet to like it's been a very long time since Spike hasn't done something incredibly creepy in an episode. So uh, the troll manages to break the upper balcony terrace and it all collapses and people are falling in there. They're hurt. Okay. What are the insurance premiums for the bronze these days? Because this is some incredible damage. Oh, absolutely. Not only do they lose all of their baked good in- like inventory and uh, like two kegs of beer, <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're very... The very structure of the bronze has been taken out in this episode. And people are, like, dead. And, like, Buffy gets trapped under a piece of, I don't know, the catwalk. And she lifts like, it up. Forget offer. magic box owners. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, the bronze must go through new ownership all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the next thing that Giles should keep his eye on is the next time the bronze is given up ownership, he should take it to. Okay, so the troll's gone, right? The troll's gone. And Buffy um, tells Xander to follow the troll. Anya and Willow have to go back to the magic shop and find a spell that actually works. Buffy starts helping the victims of the debris fall. Spike is putting his jacket underneath the head of one of the victims and he keeps like glancing at Buffy to see if she's noticing that he does it. And when she does, he's like, I'm not sampling, I'll have you know. Look at all these lovely blood-covered people. I could, but not a taste for Spike, not a lick. I know you wouldn't like it. Oh, uh, so it's, okay, this is pathetic. So for fucking one thing. pathetic, yeah. Oh. But what Buffy says, Buffy says, you want credit for not feeding off of bleeding disaster victims? And Spike's like, yeah. And but Buffy, I love this. Oh, Buffy says, oh. you're disgusting and leaves. <laughs> Yes, it is. Fair. It is disgusting. I, I like how Spike is honest about it. He's like, yeah, I want credit. <laughs> yeah, and he also like, what does it take? And this is the thing about Spike. Again, like, he's fun. Like, this funny. That's a fucking funny thing to do, right? Um, and to use his character in this way, it's funny. But, like, ugh, like, we just, like, it's so gross. So let's go to the magic shop. Willow has books on relocation spells, suspension spells, and spells that make him sleepy. So Anya says, I'm going to get more of the ingredients that you stole. And Willow says, why do you do that? And I was like, because it's fucking true, Willow. <laughs> Willow really doesn't like being called out. Willow says, you're you're so rude. Sure, at first, ex-demon doesn't know the rules, but you've been here forever. Learn the rules. And Anya says the rules are stupid. And I'm shot back to Cordelia back in... Uh, Killed by death when she says tact is just things that is just, um, what does she say? Tact is for people who are not saying the truth or whatever. So same idea, same yeah. vibe, something like that. Willow says, I thought you'd be interested in acting like a human. Some of us really enjoy it. And Anya's like, I am a human. I'm more human than there are humans who are stranger than me. And Willow says, unless I'm really wrong about crazy Larry down the, by the bus stop, he's probably not going to turn Xander into a troll. And Anya says, you think I'm going to hurt Xander? I would never hurt Xander. You really think I would do that? And Willow says, it's what you do. You spent, what, 1,000 years hurting men? You got your 1,000 years of hurting men gold watch? And this is interesting to me, this conversation, because, Mm -hmm. again, a lot of blame, a lot of judgment, right? Willow's judging Anya for something she hasn't done. They're making up a justification. 
Yeah. Right? It's like, we're supposed to think that this is why Willow has been bitchy towards Anya for the last several episodes, is that suddenly she thinks Anya is going to hurt Xander. But what I find kind of incredible here is Anya and Xander have been dating for over a year now. And Willow has not, like, Willow's never really been on the Anya train, but it's only now that she's really, like, saying, here's my excuse for why I'm being bitchy to you. To you. And uh, it's hard. Because I think there, like, it does make some amount of sense, but it also kind of feels like the writers were like, we need an excuse for Willow to be mad at Anya in this episode. And for Willow to have relevance in this season, as of yet. Um, I mean, it would have made more sense if she made it also about Giles, right? Like, Giles and me were really close, and now you were close with him, right? Like, it, just make it a bigger deal. But, like, just the Xander thing, it's not enough for me. And also, I think it's really judgy of Willow to be saying, you're going to hurt Xander because you used to have these demon powers. But, like, it's like we didn't watch last season, Willow, when you were going to curse Oz when he slept with Veruca. And just, like, in season three, when you were going to use magic to solve your and Xander's affair problems, right? So, like, you can't judge her for that kind of stuff. Willow points out that she wasn't a demon when she turned Olaf into Lord of the Hammers. You manage that. Um, there's other ways to hurt Xander. And Anya says, uh, says basically what I just said. She's like, you're the one with that kind of power. De Hoffren offered you my old job. You're closer to being a vengeance demon than I am. Maybe Xander should be afraid of you. And Willow says, Xander's my best friend. And Anya says, um, and you don't want anyone else to have him. I know what broke up you and Cordelia, you know. It was you and your lips. And Willow says, no, it wasn't. But yes, it was. It was a long time ago. You think I would do that again? Um, and Anya says, like, yeah. And she's like, well, hello, gay now. And Anya says, you're always doing something you can you can to point out how much I'm an outsider. You've known him since you were small and will always know him better than I do. You can sweep, it, you can sweep in and poison his mind against me. And Willow says, you're insane. I'm not going to take him away and I'm not going to hurt him. Anya says, well, I'm not either. So this is the other point I wanted to make. At the beginning of the episode, Anya internalized misogyny, saying that maybe it's Buffy. Buffy's the reason these men leave her. And here she's kind of putting the blame on Willow for the affair, right? You're the reason Xander and Cordelia broke up. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Xander's the reason Cordelia and Xander broke up right like why does this show why is Anya why why are these characters always giving Xander an out please make Xander responsible for something I I mean I can understand why Anya feels this way because we have to remember right she learned she grew up a thousand years ago they didn't exactly have as much feminism back then and she's only being human now for like what two three years now um i i'm assuming she hasn't read a ton of feminist texts <laughs> in this time fair so fair. she has a lot to unlearn and this is not me defending what she's saying this is just me just putting that in context right of like willow has less of an excuse here she grew up in the fiery feminist you know third wave 90s anya's like still kind of a baby no no i i actually it appreciate that you said that because yeah we can definitely have that defense for Anya she's still new she's still a new human this is my criticism of the show then <laughs> again putting blame on the women putting the responsibility of the affair on Willow it was Willow's lips that broke them up well Xander never really got a consequence for that did he except for the fact that 
that Cordelia dumped him. It was Willow who had to go through the paces to get Oz back. So I don't like the way that they portrayed that there. So anyway, again, I just don't like that these girls are fighting over Xander, right? Like, I think it's a good conversation <laughs> to have, and it's interesting to watch. But at the same time, like, is it because it's over this man? I mean, the last time we all fought over Xander was in season two. Right? <laughs> true, true, true. Um, but this is a common problem that I'm in. I, I find it fascinating they've chosen Willow and Anya in this particular season to do this and not in season four. But it is pretty common for there to be... It, with us straights, at least. <laughs> tell tell me about how problematic straight people are, Steph, please. If you're dating someone who has a best friend of the opposite sex, right? Um, assuming they're also straight, um, it can be it can be tricky, sure, right? I think there's um I think there is some truth in this situation. A lot of people do go through these kind of frustrating situations where like you might not trust the opposite sex the, the best friend. Right. Maybe the best friend's been around this whole time and you're like, well, he's so great. How come you've never, you know, has has anything ever happened? There's like a jealousy aspect to that for sure. Yeah. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. back before back when we all thought I was a man, um, you know, my writer and I met her now ex-husband um, <laughs> and she made it very clear to him that, she, you know, she's like, Kara uh, is my best friend and he's here to stay. Um, you know, and, and I think there was always a little bit of jealousy there on, on his part. Yes. And um, even after I transitioned and stuff, right? And even before then, like, you know, I, I was very upfront about, like, I'm ace. And even if I weren't, nothing would be happening here. Um, he also threw around terms like emotional cheating, which is... Oh very anyway that's okay. a, that's a whole other can of worms <laughs> yeah. let's but talk about that i see so i, I see what you say, you're saying here because yeah. even though i've never been in a relationship with somebody like a romantic relationship uh i've still been on the receiving end of this uh it, it like while like from different perspective different gendered perspectives as well so yeah. i mean it does come from a source of insecurity for anya and for sounds like for right. a lot of people um right that you feel like oh if you're not all in with me, kind of like a Riley thing, right? If you're not 100% all in with me and obsessed with me, if you have space for other people, that makes me jealous and insecure. It feels like I'm not enough, right? Well, and it just also speaks to how our society, unfortunately, puts romantic relationships on this pedestal in this hierarchy above platonic relationships where it's like, you know, everybody must have one romantic partner and they have to be the one you know your favorite person the one person in your life who gives you the most and if you don't have these things you are a failure buffy (laughs) yeah and and that's rough and it's rough especially for those of us who either don't feel that attraction or even if you feel it have just decided not to prioritize that in your life right and Mm -hmm. then you're constantly being told you're a failure so no wonder people who do end up in those partnerships feel that insecurity because that is the message they get in our society yeah and like taking it back to what we've seen in this episode alone right the internalized misogyny of anya um the fact that it's gonna it has to be women pitted against women right like they're they're fighting over this man's attention part of what's so tragic about willow undermining anya's uh responsibility here in the magic box is something beautiful about anya in this season is she finally has something in her life that isn't Xander. 
you know, so much of Anya in season four was everything revolves around Xander to the point where like, like, you know, she showed up in Pangs to watch Xander dig because <laughs> she had nothing else going on in her life. And it's so sad, right? It's so sad in this modern feminist show to be like, well, here's a female character who only, you know, her only purpose is to be here for her man. And so here in season five, Anya has finally found a raison d'etre that isn't Xander. She's here to make money. You know, it, it, like it's very lean in feminist, but I'm still here for it. And it's something. So, so Willow, you know, Willow undermining that is really unfortunate because up until now, yeah, of course Anya is going to be insecure because we saw that in the beginning of this episode. She's like, Xander, you know, warn me if you're ever going to leave. I, I, what bothered me about that was this idea that like Anya can't survive without Xander. And that's really sad. Yeah. And to have, again, to have Willow mock that, right? To not take it seriously is another little dig at Anya. So yeah, we need more Anya-centric episodes so that we can really explore this more with her because I'm actually intrigued by that, right? The troll crashes into the store at this point. Um, and he says, I knew it, you two performing more spells. I could be out pillaging, devouring babies, making merry with the local virgins. But instead, I had to come all the way back here to kill you. So he grabs the girls and he throws them into the shells behind the counter. And Xander runs in and he says, get away from them. You're not touching these women. And Xander runs at the troll, but he runs right into the troll's hammer <laughs> and he falls down. And um, he gets back up. And the troll hits him. He hits Xander, who crashes into the wall. And he should be dead. He should be Rem dead. Remember, Staff, walls in this universe <laughs> are made of much less sturdy stuff than in our universe. Okay, if that didn't kill him, Xander gets up again, and the troll literally grabs Xander and hits him on the head with the hammer. <laughs> with the hammer. And he yeah. should be dead. He should be <laughs> he, dead. If he's not dead, he should have a concussion and a traumatic brain injury. I'm sorry that I'm saying this while I'm laughing because those things are really serious. But like, when a troll I does it, you. it's absurd. What a it's oh, come on. Come on. So that's not the end. That's not the end. Xander gets up and he's thrown across the store. So he crawls up these <sighs> stairs to this loft and he tries to dive onto the troll who like throws him to the ground. It's a wrestling move. <laughs> <laughs> and Xander is like bleeding and he I'm Kara he's bleeding from the gums which is not good <laughs> he's got like internal injuries yes. at this point his entire left side of his body should be smashed in I don't understand <sighs> this is so stupid so anyway whatever the, the, the troll's impressed with Xander's fighting so his bravery so he's like I shall reward you only one of your women will die and you shall be the one to choose on Yanka oh, or the witch <laughs> so Xander's like no you're on you're you're one crazy troll I'm not choosing between my girlfriend and my best friend that's insane troll logic that, that is a good line that's a very quotable line <laughs> I, yeah I'm in, that's insane troll logic <laughs> um the troll laughs and says, good for you. You are a loyal man. And then he breaks Xander's hand and Xander still refuses, right? So the troll says, well, then you shall be the one to die. And Anya runs forward and says, no, choose me. Don't kill him. Don't, don't take Xander. And Willow start, tries a spell and the cash register disappears again. The fuck? And never comes back as far as I could tell. Because Willow doesn't give a shit about her friend's livelihood. What happened to the money, Steph? God, fuck. I'm so mad. So Buffy runs in 
<laughs> and Anya says uh, his strength is in the hammer. So Buffy and the troll are fighting, right? And Willow is gathering ingredients and she tells Anya to distract the troll by pissing him off because there's no one who can that she cannot piss off. And Anya's like, hey, Olaf, you're an inadequate troll as you were a boyfriend. You're hairy and unattractive and even the women trolls are put off by your various odors. And she's shouting stuff like that, right? While Buffy um, is fighting him. That's right. Let's just body shame the troll. Right. I'll also add that, like, do you think the reason Buffy fights the troll so hard and then later she has, like, her whole moment of fighting the troll, is it because the troll's a cheater, right? The troll's a cheater. That's why he's a troll. Is that, is this supposed to be her, like, overcoming her feelings about cheating Riley? Are we supposed to think of this as some sort of metaphor or is it just silliness? It's silliness. Like, they're making fun (laughs) again of Buffy, you know, like, the the, the whole power up she gets, the, the inspiration she gets in a couple seconds to fight harder is because you know she's like xander and anya's love must last forever (laughs) so not only is the show making fun of buffy not being over riley but the show is also making fun of xander and anya's relationship and i'm here for all of those things so this is why i'm enjoying this episode so much stuff (laughs) so silly it's so silly so so yeah so they're fighting more and troll gets annoyed with anya right he says my god woman it's been 1000 years and yet you are as aggravating and emasculating as ever you were and he swings his hammer at her but willow finishes her spell so the hammer is thrown away and like you just said, Buffy is still fighting the troll. The troll makes fun of Ani. He's like, why are you fighting me, minuscule blonde one? Your friends, these two, they'll never last. Anyanka is very difficult to live with. And him, like to Xander, he's ludicrous and far too breakable. <laughs> he's like, they, their love will never last. And like you said, Buffy gets upset about that. And she does a flippy doo over his head and starts beating the shit out of him. <laughs> I do enjoy the flippy doos. I mean, that was a pretty impressive flippy doo. Uh, Willow and Anya are comforting Xander. And Anya is saying she had dated the troll, but she likes Xander better. Well, I would hope so. It's not much of a contest. And she says, she says, Willow likes you too, but not in a sexy way because she's gay. And she's not going to break And they're up. both very like, they're touchy-feely with Xander. They're both kind of like stroking his arm and stuff. I didn't like it. Yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, Buffy says, um, their love will last forever. And we can't see her. We just hear her say that. And then we see the troll unconscious. And I just want to make a really quick note here because we might, I don't know, we've already talked about this um, at length last season. But um, I know some people have that issue with uh, Willow saying I'm gay, right? And they, they confirm it here that I'm gay. And again, we've talked about by erasure before but you and i made it i think you made a really good point um back last time we talked about this oh good i don't remember what i said so let me tell you what you said or i, I guess i could have taken credit but our listeners would know <laughs> um huh. you said that it's like it's up to willow to decide what she is and what she isn't and like maybe they didn't have the language and the kind of uh vocab that we have now right to to really you know define if she's a bisexual or not but it's it is up to her to say like i'm gay and we got to yes, respect that. I'm, yes. I'm, I mean, out of character, I think it's just clear that gay was a stretch for the network. I think by would have the network would have just said no. Uh, so even if somebody did suggest it at that juncture, um, but also just in character, right? You know, labels are fluid. Sexuality is fluid. So maybe Willow starts off, you know, Willow started off assuming she was straight. And then she's like, now I'm gay. And then maybe she ends up choosing bi or pan as a label in the future. And then, you know, maybe she changes her mind again. People can label themselves, like Pascara apparently said, however they want, and people can change their minds. 
Um, and, you know, if you want to read Willow as bi, like, this is the thing about text and subtext, right? Is like, th there's nothing in the show that prevents you from reading Willow as bi at any point, you know, in terms of fanfic and headcanon and stuff. So you do you. You want to read Willow as gay? You read Willow as gay. I think the only uncool thing to do is to police what other people want to do with Willow's sexuality. Agree. So Willow completes a spell and says she sent him to the land of the trolls, but it's, uh, you know, alternate universes are hard, right? Because they don't stay put. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> She's trying to, trying to send him to a specific place is like trying to hit a puppy by throwing a live bee at him. <laughs> it's very difficult. Yeah, I've tried it and it's not easy. Well, it's mostly because the uh, American Humane Society will show up on your set and be like, why are you throwing bees at this puppy? Because I just want to prove how alternate universes work. <laughs> oh, that makes total... Carry on, carry on. Ah, sorry to bother you. Um, Anya says that he could be in the land of Perpetual Wednesday, the crazy melty land, or the world without shrimp. So there's a callback to that. Buffy says, I only care that he's not here um, and she got a nifty souvenir, which she means by the hammer. So she puts the hammer on the glass display case, which of course smashes. And it doesn't matter because the whole place is trashed. They are going to have to work so hard to clean up. Oh, I bet they don't even clean up. They probably leave it for Giles. And Buffy <laughs> says, well, this all worked out. Looked at, look at you guys so good and alive and together. So together and good and alive. And she's so happy for you. And she starts sobbing again. Ha -ha. Is Buffy pregnant? <laughs> Buffy. Got something to tell us, girl? <laughs> like, she's very... Is this hormones? Like, she's very God, knocked up by Riley. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? How boring would their baby be? Oh, God, the most boring, kick-ass baby I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> last scene, last scene. Jazz is back. They're at Buffy's dining room table. And he said, he, it's so funny. He's like, I cringe to think what would, um, what the place would have looked like if I were away longer than three days. <laughs> so you're right. They didn't clean up. No, they left it for him. What irresponsible teenager slash 20 somethings. A holes. They threw a rager, basically. Yeah, they did. Um, Joyce comes in with a tray of tea and she's like, I don't understand why the watchers made you go all the way to England when they don't know anything. <laughs> Because they're giant dicks, Joyce. fucking assholes, that's why. So Giles says they're looking into glory, right? That's all that matters. They'll, they'll find something soon. And Buffy says, what about the key? Were they all over it? And Giles says, yes. And he asks Joyce if she knows. And Joyce says she got some of it herself and Buffy told her the rest. So Giles says they're interested, certainly. Full of theories, most of them nonsensical. And Buffy says, they don't know that it's Dawn. Giles says, no. Joyce says, I still can't even begin to grasp this. She's my little girl. And Giles says, it's disorienting. And Buffy says, what happened if they figure it out? What ha what would they do? And Giles says, I don't know. And Joyce says, I can't even think about this. I'm going to go get some more milk because she's high again. But that's the end of the episode. But guess who was eavesdropping at the stairs at that exact Spike. moment? Spike! was smoking outside and heard the whole thing. And also, Dawn was at the stairs. And this is what I mean, Carl. Like that the ending of this episode made me so mad because <laughs> like you fucking sloppy ass people. You're so sloppy. You're messy, all of you. To have this conversation over tea at 6 p.m. at night out in the open. Dawn is obviously going to hear. 
<laughs> speaking loudly enough for the microphone, the boob to pick you up. Right? Um, I, so I'm used to it, Steph, because, like, I agree with you. This is awful. But this is the way TV works, right? Like, I've been watching way too much of How to Get Away with Murder um, since it's all on Netflix. And I think you and I were talking about how, like, Ben is all grown up in that show. Meow. So I've been watching it, and it's a it's it's a terrible show. Or I think <laughs> how dare my description you? of it is how dare you? <laughs> it, it's a bad story told very well, and the acting's incredible. Yes. But something that really gets me about this show is that they all have these awful, terrible secrets that they could go to jail for. So what do they do? They constantly talk about it in places where other people are gonna overhear them. <laughs> And it makes me so mad. In this particular case, this is sloppy work from all of them. Like, why wouldn't Don over... Like, there's no way they would ever think that Don wouldn't hear this. I'm not defending it. It's annoying. It's annoying. I will point out, Joyce just had brain surgery, so it's not her fault. Yeah, and I just love how she's like, I can't think about this. Who wants more milk? (laughs) Like, she probably went in there to make some waffles. (laughs) Bad episode. Who's your hero? <laughs> I'm torn. I want to say Xander. Ugh. Get out of here. Anya. Get, yeah. Well, because Xander, you know, he doesn't, like, he tries to defend Willow and Anya from the troll. Like, Xander gets really beat up. and, and He you should know. have died. <laughs> so he tried. He also I, hung I, out with Spike. I do think he gets points for that. Uh, no, Spike doesn't get points. He wasn't trying. Um, and then Anya, because she put up with Willow's bitchiness. I was going to choose Giles because I was like, good for Giles for trying to trust them a little bit. <laughs> good for Giles for staying out of this insane troll episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Giles for being the smart one and not being involved. Um, but I also like the idea of Anya because I think Anya is really securing a, a, a good spot for herself within the Scooby gang. Right? So, good for her. All right, let's leave this episode and get to our hot stakes. Looks like we got a lot for Fool for Love. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost as if it's an important episode for some reason. Interesting. So, the first one is from Rachel. So, her theory is that Spike is based on W.B. Yeats. Yeats. (laughs) Yeats. 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 Firstly... They live on overlapping time periods, and William needs to be influenced by the Romantics, similar to Yeats. Secondly, he's a bad poet. This stake just keeps getting hotter. Now, I may be biased from growing up in the Irish education system where I had to read a lot of Yeats, but he sucks. Not as much as Spike, but still bad. And finally, the thing that ties it all together is their equally pathetic and creepy love lives. <laughs> Yeats was absolutely obsessed with Maud Gone, a stunning six-foot-tall actress who did not have a second to spare for Yeats' whiny arse. And so, years later, Yeats proposed to her daughter! <laughs> He had known Isolde Gon since she was four. So quite a parallel here, in my opinion. It's possible that Joyce has now rejected Spike, who then transferred his affections to Buffy. Human William and Yates even have similar vibes, although James Marshers is much han- more handsome. Interesting. I do love a spoice hot steak. I, I mean, W.B. Yates was William Butler Yates. So... <laughs> Ooh, I love that. I think that's a great theory, Rachel. <laughs> I mean, he even looks a little bit like, like Young Spike when you think about it. If, you, if you've ever seen pictures of Yates, he's got kind of like the, the side floppy hair. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <I'm> like... 
Um, okay, our next hot steak comes from Tamsin, as as well as her cat Kiki, I'm assuming. Let's have a Kiki. Um, thanks for making sure your cat could wait, wait uh, right into us, Tamsin. Uh, what if Willow had done a spell to try to make Xander successful, and that's how he became the god of carpentry overnight? <laughs> it tracks, because Willow loves to use magic to solve everything, and not just for herself, but as we know, magic always has consequences. Hmm... What could the consequences have been for Xander? Interesting. I, yeah, this this explains why Xander's suddenly good at carpentry. Yeah, it does. Um, imagine there's a whole episode about that. Like, Will's like, I'm going to make Xander good at something. And just, that was it. <laughs> but was she trying to make him good at carpentry? Maybe the carpentry is the spell backfire. <laughs> True. <laughs> it would explain uh, a lot because, you know, just, oh my god, Xander, do you want to be the leader of our of our project so stupid so kelvin writes in as well for fool for love and and says spike didn't come to sunnydale to kill the slayer um i'm assuming this is something that you and i talked about in the episode this is something that i said and so i appreciate i appreciate the correction because yes i am 100 percent inaccurate i was revising history so i really appreciate somebody pointing this out he did it initially to gain favor with the anointed one uh, but his original stated intent was that they were there to heal Drew. He tells her this is a place for him. The Hellmouth will restore her in a few weeks. I believe implying the ritual he performs with Angel that restores Drew. After that, Spike only goes after Buffy on Halloween because the opportunity came up and he ran into her and she was weak. So thanks, Calvin. <laughs> so that's it. That's it. We have a special guest star for next week's episode Ooh, <laughs> excited um and that's the middle of the season next week as well so we're halfway done season wow. five i know it's crazy thank you to all of our buy me a coffee supporters especially our chosen ones emma Taza, kyle destiny erica allison jace Haley, and tasha lizzie holly kayla brady jordan julia nicola and luis we'll see you next week for some more joiks <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join us in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter. Also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca, where you can find the link to our Discord. Can't wait to hear from you. Praise Malik. See you next week.